0: I'm Sophia. And I'm Angelina. And welcome to this episode of Redefining Pink, a podcast where we work to combat gender underrepresentation in STEM.
1: First of all, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> We're gonna start this year with a Bang. This episode is about Shree Cressy, a software engineer at Qualcomm.
2: Hello, everybody.
0: Shree is a director in the QCT Product and Tools Organization in an expanded role of
1: supporting XR projects as a software project engineer. She has been with Qualcomm for over 25 years and served on the Q Woman board for over three years, co-leading Smart Mentorship and of late the senior leaders' mentorship programs. Okay, we're gonna get started with some fast facts. What's your favorite color?
2: Yellow. Oh, that's our class color. That's
0: the first yellow I've heard (laughs) out of
2: everyone.
1: (laughs) Do you have a favorite woman leader in STEM?
2: I want to say my mom. Oh. What does she do? She is a, um, she's like a PhD in physics. Like she's oh a gosh. first PhD <sighs> from the university in India that, where she went. Oh my a god. A pretty <sighs> awesome university. And then she taught, she also did a master's in math and like she basically taught physics and math oh my god. at college level. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, what's a subject in STEM you'd like to learn more about?
2: Um, I will say XR. Um, Can
0: you like go into a little bit what that is?
2: You know, uh, the cool thing about XR is that we're still, you know, maybe looking for that, that next big push, the thing that will make it ubiquitous. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see um, how we're going to get there. And, and, and then I'm also uh, involved in like the feature set that is going to get us there, so mm-hmm. I think it's um, just really interesting to be in the space right now for me.
1: For a younger audience that may not know um, a bit about XR, what does XR stand for?
2: Oh, sorry. So XR is uh, I think it's called extended reality. Basically, oh. it's augmented reality and virtual mm-hmm. reality. So it's like those uh, th- those games mm-hmm. or glasses. You know, I mean, there's several different types of various versions of it. Mm-hmm. So there's the glasses where you can just be walking around and things pop up for you, or uh, there is the whole headset thing that where you can play games. You can like be in somebody, some other reality, and and mm-hmm. yeah. Or I mean, there's many several uh, different uh, ways of uh, you know. Uh, thoughts on how to use it there's actually where doctors can operate using XR in different countries and not even have to be there so so virtually virtually so I mean these are all conceptual Uh, you know some of it is happening uh, where like even in factories where some of the work is a little dangerous and kind of hard to get to places where you can just like you know uh, control Uh, a way of getting the thing done, whatever it is, the task at hand.
1: That's really awesome. Um, And finally, what's your favorite subject in STEM?
2: I will say math. (laughs) I actually really like math too. That's great.
0: (laughs) So we're going to go a little bit into your expertise in STEM. So first of all, what inspired you to pursue a career in technology?
2: I think uh, it might have stemmed from my parents. (laughs) Um, They're both uh, in STEM. Uh, Mm. My dad is also uh, an engineer. Um, He, yeah. And then my mom, you know, has a PhD in physics, a MS in math. Mm. Um, They're both. Yeah, my dad also has a PhD in agricultural engineering, and both very dedicated to their profession and. I think growing up, it helps to have parents. I think who are able to help when yeah. one is stuck. So, uh, I think it just naturally uh, fostered that interest because I was, I guess, unstuck <laughs> quite a few times by my parents. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can actually relate to that a lot too. Like, just having parents for a long time, I didn't realize that there were kids who didn't have par- parents who were coders. Yeah. Like when I was in elementary school, I just had this idea that all parents were coders. coders. And that's so funny. I just thought, oh, I'm just gonna be a coder too. Like yeah. that's, that's like having role models at home is really important, I think. It,
2: it's important and it's so uh, it makes it so, uh, like you don't have to pursue that career, mm-hmm. yeah. but you, it'll make you unafraid of that career. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're just, you, you get past it. Yeah. Without even realizing. <laughs> yeah.
1: And even if um, your parents say like aren't necessarily pursuing STEM careers, they're still really great role models to follow. Like yeah. Safa mentioned. Um, my mom has taught me so many amazing things <laughs> about like one time I was like struggling to write an email, she was like, Oh bam, she's like an amazing writer.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh there you go. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you don't have to have parents
0: in STEM, obviously.
2: No, but yeah, you, yeah encouraging parents definitely help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: What projects have you worked on during your time at Qualcomm and what did you do or do what do you enjoy about them?
2: You know, my career spans, oh, like you say, over 25 years. <laughs> so I have worked on a lot of them. Um, I will talk about one project that uh, ended up being the... Which galaxy was it? Samsung Galaxy, one of them. This was like around 2015. Whatever came out in 2015. So um, that uh, that was something that I uh, helped on the test side. I tested it as a product. Oh. I helped. I was part of the team, um, and it was uh, it was a little bit of a rough time at Qualcomm okay. and you know we, uh, we had lost out the previous uh, um, project to, like we did not get it with Samsung mm-hmm. because uh. of some issues on, on the chip so the Samsung Galaxy this next version was like do or die for us oh. so I was on this do or die project I thought my bosses were crazy <laughs> that they put me as the lead on it and then I was like oh my gosh I better you know, do what it takes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I slept for like six months, but oh I didn't mind. <laughs> um, and uh, and it was just every issue, everything, every little thing that we encountered, and we just got past it.
0: <gasps> yes. yes, and
2: hit it out of the park. That's <laughs> so.
0: That's awesome. Was do you have any advice for like what to do when you have a project that you might be working on where it's high pressure in that situation or like. You think that or it's very important for you to do everything it can take
2: yeah I think uh, you know different people work differently mm-hmm. uh, as I'm still learning uh, some people are you know just super organized some people are just really good at moving on some people are really really good at identifying issues as the uh, you know like they're just So working to your strengths and like understanding them and kind of being aware of some of the pitfalls of you, Mm -hmm. I think helps because, you know, what are you going to stress over and then Mm -hmm. focus to either get past it or because, I mean, I'm assuming everybody's in a role for a reason. Mm -hmm. Nobody is like, you know, going to get put in a role. I mean, maybe we don't trust it at the time, but bosses are not stupid they're not gonna pick somebody to say oh you know they'll fail so let's put them as the lead is not usually the norm Mm -hmm. so trust trust that you're there for a reason and you're gonna give it your best shot and that's all you can do I mean Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: yeah and like I think a lot of times people have imposter syndrome I feel like I've experienced it a lot where you feel like you don't deserve to be there or like you're not gonna be able to um, or like everyone around you is so smart and you're just not gonna step up to it but I think like the fact that you're there already like you said says something about you and yeah. you should understand that you're just as
2: capable yeah <laughs> and and you know yeah I think everybody has imposter syndrome mm-hmm. you know you might like find like a big uh, CEO person saying, you know, sometimes I struggle with imposter syndrome and you're like, you, <laughs> you know? So I guess it's okay, you know, to have some of these human emotions. Yeah. Doesn't mean that, you know, you, you're not gonna put one foot in front of the other and, and, and keep going with it.
0: Yeah. Um, as a software engineer now, what does a day in your life look like
2: Oh, it's very interesting. Um, I, uh, a lot of the projects that I work on uh, as a software PE, the team is actually in India.
0: Ah. Wow. And
2: some time difference. folks are in <laughs> China. Yeah, so yeah. my meetings start at like 8 a.m. Wow. A lot of the times, and then I'll go until like 10 or 11 at night. Uh, oh but, goodness. you know, in the middle, it's not crazy during the day uh-huh. maybe. You know, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Of course there's the Q women aspect too that is a full time job, that is like a voluntary position. So um, so uh, I I attend a lot of meetings. I my main role is to unblock the project and make sure it's moving forward. Uh, so I see. it's who pulling in whoever you know making like if somebody is like okay because not everybody is working 24 7 some of the projects that i am on may be a little you know uh, not as critical Uh, so there's not like a whole team of people working on it but it's still critical to unblock it um, because every customer is a customer every project is a project and Mm -hmm. it's important to find that resource to uh, unblock it so it's like uh, you know I mean when you're taking like a ton of uh, AP classes sometimes the <laughs> you know physics math chemistry these seem like you know you got to put a lot of effort in mm-hmm. but like when AP art history shows up like, and eh. <laughs> your exam is there and no matter how tired you are no matter what's happening and even if you have an AP chem test the next day you've got to put your time in for that AP art history uh-huh. there is just nothing you can do about yeah. it so it's like You have to find those people. You have to do your little negotiations, right? (laughs) Like to get them to, all right, all right, I'll take a look, you know? Uh, And and so a lot of it is like that for me. And I also uh, have customers, customer meetings that I attend and help. I'm part of, you know, the bigger teams that are helping the customers or reassuring the customers, yes, your features are in, yes, we're moving forward. You know, Uh. it's sometimes on a daily basis that we have to
0: so your your position is more of like it's like a combination between like engineering and like the businessy aspect of
2: i i work with customer engineering Uh. so they uh work on it day in and day out but if there is any software related problems that arise and Uh, sometimes they're even hardware related they'll just say shri please unblock us (laughs) or you know make the problem go away that means i have people together try to figure out what the problem is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and get the fixed solution organized I'm not fixing it myself but I'm working with people that fix it
0: and also you mentioned that you have like these long hours they start at sometimes 8 and go until 10 or 11 and we've talked to a few people about this before but how does that affect like your family life how do you balance work and just time to relax for yourself
2: so I think for me uh I uh, organize it such a way that uh, I am not um, I, I, I'm not constantly working like that necessarily oh, okay. um, you know it's like when there's a lull in the project I'm aware there will be a lull uh-huh. nobody like no project runs for a whole year <laughs> yeah it's usually six to eight months and then it will go down and and usually leads will not be like okay now next project for you like they take turns like they'll rotate mm-hmm. people and things like that and and then it's also on me like I will prioritize it like if something doesn't need to be looked at like right this instant then I will take the time off guilt free and say mm-hmm. I'll just look at it later um, if, if I I mean uh, when I have to work 24-7 I do it because <laughs> I know I don't always have to work 24-7 I'm, I'm not a crazy person. Like, I know some people are, and they can't switch it off. I'm not like that. I just, I can do it when I need to, and then... I know I don't do it all the time, so I'm aware of that. Oh, so there's, a like, good the balance. I mean, I know it'll automatically happen. I'm, oh. I have trust in that, like, because I'm not that person that searches it out.
1: Um, As someone who has worked at Qualcomm for over 25 years, how have you seen the company change?
2: Yeah, the company has changed, uh, but, you know, maybe thank goodness that it has, because, you know, you don't really want to be stagnating. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when uh, my employee number is like 1,500 and something. So I was like the 1,500 and something employee at Qualcomm. Now that's uh, yeah thirty thousand, forty thousand. <laughs> oh 40,000 i don't even know like yeah 30 i think it's 30 something thousand oh, yeah sorry. so that's a lot of people and uh it's uh it's a big company and it's um the impact that it's made and just the space that we're occupying and you know it's it's like beyond super exciting i cannot believe i was there from the beginning ish <laughs> you know yeah and i mean i've seen all the technologies play out i saw 2g 3g 4g oh 5g now <laughs> and uh and then and then just that whole you know feature phone to um like this uh the the current phones or whatever they're called Smartphone. smartphones <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just the whole evolution and I mean uh, I I wonder how did I ever uh, get anywhere before we had Google you know <laughs> yeah. Google Maps telling us where to go on you know on <sighs> your phone on yeah just uh, it must be
0: rewarding too
2: it's a uh, uh, it's hugely rewarding yeah. because it's like I'm a crazy person in terms of my phone. I, I like I'm I'm always the selfie queen. i will be like selfie, selfie, Samsung, Samsung, Google Pixel. You know, I worked on this. I worked on this. So because I'm so proud of it, uh-huh. I did work on it. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, and and I saw everybody working on it and just just what it took to put this out there mm-hmm. you know, so proud yeah so proud of it it's like continues to be our baby you know Aww. Aww.
1: <laughs> yeah. and it all started in this building right here it all
2: started here I used to ride up these elevators <sighs> with uh, Ir- Irwin Jacobs oh and my used to be in meetings with Paul Jacob. I mean it was just um, a different world but that's what I mean we were 1500 employees we yeah. mm-hmm. were bound to you know run into Irwin Jacobs, Dr. (laughs) Irwin Jacobs here all the time. Oh my Yeah. that's
0: gorgeous. Um, We also mentioned that you started some mentorship programs at Qualcomm. And what inspired you to start these programs, and what exactly do they do?
2: So um, the idea for starting these programs is to kind of, um, so there, you know, uh, it is no secret that uh, there is a lack of diversity Mm -hmm. in uh, engineering you know and uh, all companies are struggling with this not just Qualcomm and so uh, the idea is to figure out ways to uh, retain to uh, to you know train retain and kind of mentor sponsor the you know underrepresented basically Mm -hmm. and you know women and underrepresented minorities do fall into this category. Uh, so, uh, as part of Qualcomm Women, um, we do have a f- couple of mentorship programs. Um, we have the traditional mentorship where it's open to everybody, and then we have the Senior Leaders Mentorship Program, which is specific for, you know, mid-level women mm-hmm. to help, you know, uh, build a pipeline for like the uh, higher titles, like mm-hmm. know, VP and. Yeah.
0: I've, we talked about this with, in our last episode, too, where it's not necessarily a lot harder for women to enter entry-level positions in tech companies, but it's very difficult for them to reach the higher leadership um, mm-hmm. roles, right? Yeah.
2: And, you know, there's several factors. There's not just, you know, uh, it cannot just be, like, w- just one reason why. Mm-hmm. There's several factors for that. Um so it's just like trying to understand this problem for every angle. And, and, and one thing that does help is seeing people at the higher level. Exactly, yeah. That's because great. like you almost, like, like for me, m- my mom has always been a working mother. Mm-hmm. So I knew no different. Yeah. So it wasn't weird for me to work uh-huh. throughout my cu- career when my kids were young and all of that. Um, So she's been very encouraging too and I've never felt I missed out so to speak because Uh she wasn't around uh, all the time Um, so it's just I think it helps to have some examples and then at work when I see people like me who are in the higher titles like you know I mean it makes me feel a little less awkward because that imposter syndrome does kick in at Uh odd times you know and it's like someone's trying to promote you and you're like oh no no I don't (laughs) deserve this and and then to like slap myself to say no no I deserve it you know nobody's just going to promote anybody for the sake of it so especially the higher titles.
1: Okay, so now we're going to be going into our woman in STEM segment. Do you have any stories or anecdotes about being a woman in STEM?
2: Probably. um, I'll just, like, say a couple of things. Um, When I started off at Qualcomm uh, several years ago, I joined as a field engineer. And this was a traveling position. And it was, I think I was the only woman in that team. Um, and I was the only woman for I think at least over a year and it was very interesting it um, you know uh, I used to even travel a lot with my team of uh, Mm -hmm. uh, folks who you know again I was the only woman and um, you know I felt pretty okay you know I mean I got to (laughs) (laughs) really travel business class and I was (laughs) very young and just it was just very lovely and uh, you know luxurious and um, and then uh, and then a couple of years later I was out all the time traveling for a couple of years and then so when I came back and sort of settled back down in uh, San Diego uh, there were a lot more women and it was just uh, I I couldn't believe it like I just suddenly had so many friends and (laughs) it was just like so different Um, it was fine before too you know there was no issues as such for me I didn't I wasn't privy to uh, anything I think everybody was sort of protective of me uh, Mm -hmm. before because I was the only woman traveling and after that uh, I kind of came came out of uh, field engineering and went into a software test and a lot of women my bosses were women I over my career at Qualcomm I think I had more women bosses than men wow so I have been uh, uh, you know I have seen leadership uh, Mm -hmm. through and uh, like throughout uh, women and something to aspire to something to look at, look up at, you know? So Mm -hmm. that has been extremely nice. Um, So, um, uh, in fact, uh, right now, uh, the VP of the organization I'm in is a woman. And she has been for the past uh, five uh, or so years. So, again, great role model. I know that question is coming up, Uh yeah.
0: Okay. do you notice any unique difficulties women face at large tech companies?
2: I think there. I think there are uh, several. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's uh, not going to be easy to necessarily quantify. Uh, some difficulties are external. Some difficulties are internal. Um, I have seen some of my friends quit work uh, around the 12 to 15 year mark and it has been disappointing for me because you know at some point you don't want to really once you get used to having other women around (laughs) you don't want to be the only woman anymore yeah Mm -hmm. you know uh, and and especially just going into meetings and just knowing these women were impactful smart, mm-hmm. capable, and then like quitting. It's like, yeah. ah, don't do it. <laughs> uh, but you know there are reasons for why this happens. Everybody has their, you know, uh, their own reasons and, and, and just the difficulties that they do face, whether it's personal life, whether it's life at work. And I think understanding it is super important. I think 10 years ago, I would have been a bit more critical and angry at them
1: yeah you know
2: but uh i think now i have to be a little bit more understanding of everybody's unique circumstances and and uh you know a few of them have come back to work and i just i am you know i just love that and i am so thankful that they've come back (laughs) because they are good and they can do it and it's not easy but you know to come back after like having had a break but I think it's important to show that it can happen. Mm -hmm. So that if others are considering it, then there is an example. Because Mm -hmm. that seems to help a lot to have examples.
1: As a vice president of Qualcomm Women, what does Qualcomm Women do? And what inspired you to join the board and become a leader of Qualcomm Women?
2: So uh, Qualcomm Women is an employee network. uh, And we are, uh, you know, We are an organization, an employee network who wants to inspire uh, gender diversity by creating opportunities uh, through mentorship and leadership uh, and and sponsorship to uh, all women at Qualcomm as well as our global communities. Mm -hmm. So that's our mission statement. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, what do we do? We offer uh, several programs. It's actually the biggest employee network. Employee network is kind of like a club okay right so it's not affiliated affiliated with the company as such it's just uh, a few of us who have decided to come up with an you know uh, it's like an employee resource group, so uh-huh. you can join this group and connect network, find people like yourself you know so um so, we have several programs. We have two mentorship programs. We have something called uh, peer groups, where um, within our uh, each organization, each higher, bigger organization, we connect the women within those organizations. Because a lot of times people don't even meet people within their own organizations, the women. And there's like a lot of different levels of women. And then we have Peer groups run in a beautiful way. They they provide speakership opportunities. They provide mentorship opportunities as well. And like you know, they have like external speakers come in and do like uh, different things. And then uh, we have something called lean in circles. Lean in circles. Is, I don't know if you're familiar with Cheryl uh-huh. Sandberg's book. Yes. She I, I believe started it, and we kind of adopted you know it as well. And uh, so there are several programs that we offer uh for uh for the women uh we also have men Uh, a lot of men also join qualcomm women uh, how
0: does that work (laughs) oh i mean it's an
2: employee network and you're welcome to join any employee network it's just like a club you you know nobody's restricted to any club so anybody can join and because we also have male allies Mm -hmm. Uh, the you know people men and uh, women uh, who are allies to the organization and 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 that group of people Mm -hmm. and to make sure that you know people understand it's funny because a lot of times uh you know uh i won't say microaggressions but (sighs) sometimes the thought process is you're not even aware Mm -hmm. that you have it Mm -hmm. and so when you hear people talk about it it just like really makes you aware and just be a better person right like and a better ally yeah so i think um uh all of us can be better allies in that regard
0: that that's something that i actually noticed kind of recently like my friend was talking about how she went to her doctor Mm -hmm. and i immediately without knowing anything assumed that the doctor would be a he and Mm -hmm. it was just something so small that i caught myself doing Mm -hmm that I realized that, oh, like, that's something that I've just assumed with no basis. And I I'd thought about why that would be,
2: but it was kind of sad. <laughs> it You know, actually being privy to it, we once had a lecture. Uh, she was talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, it, she was brought in from um, outside. And it I think it was on, like, International Men's Day. I'm not quite sure anymore. <laughs> and she is like the lead of this, uh, you know, she has owns the company. Like she's some, somebody really influential and like very much about this cause. Oh. And she was like, okay, so she was traveling somewhere on a plane to do a talk. And when the captain came on, it was a she. Mm-hmm. And she was like, all right, you go girl, you know, like girl power and just so excited. And then uh, suddenly, you know, at some point during the journey, the plane is going through some crazy turbulence, and then immediately the thought pops into her (laughs) head. She just went, uh, oh darn, I hope she knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, and then, you know, she talked about it, in like this open, you know, everybody was present, like, you know, the leadership of Uh Kolkum. And she talks about these sort of hidden biases that just pop out, and that you can just be privy to, so that you can get around it, yeah. right? Like get past it, mm-hmm. you know. So it's okay, you know. Because awareness is the first step. Right? Yeah. yeah, and 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 you know, it, it also helps because then you don't hate somebody else because they said something. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. then you can just be you. Do, you you can be kind to it. Mm-hmm. To say I don't know what you're meaning <laughs> to say. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Why do you think it's so important for larger tech, tech companies like Qualcomm to have programs like Qualcomm Women and like, what impact have you seen it make?
2: Um, I think having a community is important, mm-hmm. uh, especially uh, in a large organization, because uh, it, it kind of brings, you know, it makes it a tangible, you know, you know, kind of like somebody cares, yes. kind of a otherwise you know, with 30,000, 30 plus thousand people, you get lost. You don't feel like you can connect with anybody necessarily or no one cares. So I think, uh, and I mean, I work with an amazing board of women. I mean, they just, they're like, just, they're so dedicated to the cause. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's so important um, to have this type of passion, um, to be able to bring something you know bring a change bring about a change that is so critical um, I, I really you know I mean you guys are growing up in a few years time you know you will be out there uh, looking for jobs and getting jobs and I'm just hoping that it will be better by then like I really thought it would be by now you know, so and it just numbers aren't moving as much as we expected them to globally. Uh. And everybody's graduates fifty fifty, like fifty fifty yeah. from colleges. So there's something that is going on and I think with help and support and some intent we can see change. And I know I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. <laughs> Yeah, because I've
0: heard a lot that like, it's in all the colleges, it's usually like fifty fifty in coding classes, fifty mm-hmm. fifty in most like at least basic STEM classes, mm-hmm. and they're graduating at the same rates. So where is the disconnect? Like, what what's happening in the companies, um, where like you said, the numbers are so different.
2: Yeah, and and I think it's okay to be a little bit intentional, mm-hmm. because when you're trying to solve a problem you have to be intentional you know it, so uh, if you want to label it as anything that's fine too I mean but I think being intentional is okay because when you're intentional you see results
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: it's true
1: um, you mentioned earlier that your mother was a stem role model in your life how does she influence your life or change your perspective Or if you have like another,
2: I do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean, because my mom helped me to get into STEM, Uh but once in STEM, um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure she still had a an influence over me. But I just, when I see the some of the women that have I have worked with, uh, worked for, uh, like I said earlier, I've I've had a lot of female. managers bosses mm-hmm. uh, throughout my career and um you know one in particular who is my VP right now um, she is the most hard working and just like you know so dedicated and just so passionate and she was the one who actually convinced me i should be a part of qualcomm women mm-hmm. and join the board Aww. so yeah she is uh She's, you know, she's uh, very, uh, very special in terms of like, you know, she, there's nothing she will not, uh, you know, dedicate herself to. So it's very inspiring when you see your boss being so, so dedicated, so passionate. Like, it's like seeing a teacher who is just,
0: yeah, you know,
2: so enthusiastic and so wanting you to learn you have no choice but to learn <laughs> you can try not to learn but you're going to learn it because they're just not going to give up on you and she's like that about like, her her entire organization and if anybody comes to her doorstep to say i need help she will help them it's like you know uh, a true gem so very lucky who your bosses are you're 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 very lucky with that i mean because you have no control over it necessarily you know it's important to realize like and have an ally in your boss
0: and that's also why it's so important for there to be women in leadership yes because once there once there are people that you can look up to and see they're willing to help me and they're so passionate and dedicated Um, it inspires more people yeah Um, especially if they're like leading a big group or
2: I mean, so I remember um, several years ago, uh, I had another female boss, and she was actually also my mentor, and she was really coaching me, uh, because I was having a very tough time uh, moving over from an individual role to like a team lead role, because when you become a team lead, you're not doing things yourself, you kind of have people doing things, so you have to actually step away from doing it, Mm -hmm. uh which is not an easy thing to do, (laughs) as you will learn in your lives right because you when you're because you have less control you 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 don't have the thrill of doing something anymore Mm -hmm. that's it's 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 a shift it was a especially tough shift for me and she was like man you're a tough cookie you know (laughs) like you will just not you know uh, believe that you are impacting you're doing better service by being a lead Uh and you're going to have a lot more output when you have your guide like several team members to output so much more work than just you one individual contributing to something Mm -hmm. just like try to understand you know (laughs) and I was like what about my accomplishments <laughs> you know and she's like their accomplishments are oh, your no. accomplishments i'm like no <laughs> and i like fought her meaning mentally i could not get back, past that for a long time but once i did i just soared uh-huh. i just like has uh you know and, but for a while i just really struggled with it but yeah mm-hmm. each of us have our crosses to bear
0: um, many people talk about the challenges of pursuing STEM careers as a woman, such as the lack of networking or support. But are there any positives you've found? I think you've mentioned some positives, but are there any unique ones?
2: Regarding uh, lack of networking and support, well, you know, it's it's about being strategic, mm-hmm. and and learning how to be strategic, and it's 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 just something that you know I think. Sometimes it's natural if you're a certain gender, or it's natural if you're with like, you know, like me, I had several female bosses. So I happened to actually be in a pretty good situation, un- un- uh, unknowingly, like I didn't plan it out that way. So um, uh, positives are, you know, there's several positives. Uh, Are there going to be uh, issues? I'm sure there are. Have there been issues? I'm sure there are. There have been. Um, You know, it's about moving forward and figuring out how best to move forward strategically. Mm -hmm. I I, I think, you know, I love it when people do like, you know, oh, I'm doing a, uh, you know, engineering degree with a minor in psychology. I'm like, good, because you (laughs) will need psychology in life to Mm -hmm get through because a lot of the work is not just work it's also strategy (laughs) yeah right and you need to be strong psychologically or understand psychologically how to maneuver Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people think have this idea that tech companies or or just stem in general is you sit there and you code and you do the work and you do math or You figure out the physics, or you build the things in engineering, but it's a lot more than that, especially at big tech companies where there's a lot of people. There's there's a lot of, I guess, people skills that you need. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you
2: do need people skills. Like, tell me, how many projects at school have you done where your project uh, partners are not pulling the weight? Exactly. (laughs) Oh, trust me, that happens everywhere. Yeah. Nobody changes. Life is. (laughs) That is exactly what is happening throughout your life. You're going to be in these positions where some people have their own ideas. They're not working with you. Some people are not even pulling their weight. Some people are like, you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, so it's just about how are you going to get this disjointed group to work together? Yeah. good luck get that psychology <laughs> degree minor <laughs> <laughs> and that's minor, in psychology, guys. <laughs> minor in and psychology, psychology
1: can also help a lot with communication too which really helps yeah. exactly
2: absolutely
0: okay now we're going to be moving into our advice section so if you were to tell your younger self or a younger girl out there who is interested in stem a piece of advice what would you tell her
2: gosh um to I do this one is, like I thought I had it. <laughs> um I I I think I appreciated how I would just move forward. I think that was uh, you know, in retrospectively speaking, uh very smart of me <laughs> to have just continuously just moved forward, you know. Uh, kind of let go, um, or you know, as I were Frozen advice, you know, <laughs> let it go. And it's, it's important because you know, holding on to good or bad is not going to be really helpful for anything moving forward. Um, I mean, just uh, m- move on. Um, I think uh, one thing that I might uh, have told myself is to not be afraid um, to just ask questions and and like, because there is a time in your life when you can do that shamelessly so to speak Mm -hmm. in like high school through uh, college through the first maybe four or five years of your career you got to be shameless (laughs) you know especially in STEM you got to ask the questions like don't even think like oh my gosh does this make me look dumb Does this make me you know Uh, mm -hmm. like that is that is like you know look dumb it's okay because what you're going to learn is just gonna stay with you. Not the people who are judging you or anything. Because yeah. I don't even know who you know, anybody from my twenties anymore, really. Mm-hmm. So doesn't matter. Just just be shameless about it. And and just just go plop yourself down, whether it's with your TAs, you know, in front of the TA's office, professors off you know, office hours, just let them even tell you, oh, you know, I don't think you should be in this um, major anymore and be like, oh, okay, thanks for the advice. How do I solve this problem? <laughs> you know, just just be dogged about it, you know, because if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to change your major, go change your major. But if you're going to stick with it, be shameless. Just ask. You get the help you need. Well, it's okay to, like, if you have the question, it's your life, <laughs> You know like if you just get stuck with this you know what are they gonna think of me okay maybe think like that in your 30s if you must but the cool thing is if you don't think of like that yourself like that through your 20s you won't think like that in your 30s you'll always be that curious person because if you don't get it you will make that effort to figure it out yeah and yeah
0: a lot of teachers at school say the first day of school something they say is like there's no such thing as a dumb question yeah and if you have a question there's a highly likely chance that someone else has the exact same question and they're too scared to ask they do yeah
2: they do and if you really are uncomfortable ask after Mm -hmm. but it just takes so much more effort sometimes to like listen to the whole lecture having that doubt yeah and then asking afterwards. So just, ask. <laughs> just yeah. ask, it's okay, you know. Actually, one of the things that my
1: science teacher told us at the beginning of the year was, all of your questions are gonna be dumb, so just ask me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and there you go, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> level set. <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay, I think it's about time to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much, Ms. Cressy, for giving your powerful
2: insight and being
1: an inspiration to all of us.
2: Thank you so much, Sophia, Angelina. It was wonderful to talk to you
1: today. Oh, thank, you. thank you. If you guys have any questions about being a woman in STEM or anything at all, please email allgirlstemsociety at gmail.com. That's a-l-l-g-i-r-l-s-s-t-e-m-s-o-c-i-e-t-y at gmail.com Don't forget to follow All Girls Stem Society on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening to Redefining Pink, everyone, and see you on our next episode. Bye! Have a great great 2023! (laughs)